0: Welcome, once again, to CarneyEFree.com. So good to have you with us today. My name is Adrian, and I'm one of the pastors here at Carney E. It's a delight to join you, hopefully, in your living room or in your kitchen, however you may be joining us today at CarneyEFree.com. We're really grateful that you chose to worship with us today. Um... On stage with me right now is my wonderful wife Susie, and so grateful to have her with us today on this awesome Mother's Day occasion. What great videos those were, weren't they? Just rich to see kids and adults giving thanks for their mothers, whom we are so grateful to celebrate today. Uh, Today we're going to do something just a little bit different than we normally do. Uh, Susie and I are going to kind of co-teach together, and Susie's going to read the scriptures for us. We're going to dive into one of my absolute favorite passages in the Bible, perhaps my favorite prayer in the Bible, which is in Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21, and we're going to continue in our series called Dangerous Prayers for Disturbing Times, and I'll teach just a little bit, and then Susie and I will have some interaction related to this passage, the difference that it's made in our lives how we pray through it a little bit, and also just the power of moms, praying moms and spiritual moms. We'll talk about that a little, excuse me, we'll talk about that a little bit here today as well. But you know, uh, it it might be helpful here though this morning as we talk about today's subject to begin with a, a definition of sorts for prayer. You could find a ton of different definitions out there for what prayer is, but it strikes me that we've been in this series, Dangerous Prayers, now for seven or eight weeks, and I failed to give a definition for prayer. (laughs) So we're going to do that for just a moment here this morning. This is my definition for prayer. It's not perfect, not by any means, but I see prayer this way, and it helps to motivate me for prayer. Prayer is the very real you having a real conversation with a very real God and it includes things like asking, and confessing, and listening, and adoring, and even mourning with God, just crying out, relating to, to God. It's all of those different things. And it begins, well, with this idea that God invites the real me, the real you, not the put-together Susie, not the put-together Adrian, but the real us to come to Him in prayer As we are and to have a very real conversation with him about the challenges that we face in life Our prayer lives will be predicated at least to some degree on what we believe about God There's this great theologian and pastor by the name of A.W. Tozer who lived in a previous generation and he liked to say this Whatever it is that comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you Whatever it is that comes to your mind when you think about God is actually the most important thing about you. Just think with me. If you had a grand vision of God, how would that affect your prayer life? If you had a grand and beautiful portrait of God, how would it affect your desire to worship? How would it affect your thinking about yourself? Whatever it is that comes to mind will be, when you think about God, is the most important thing about you. Uh, I want to share a little analogy for a few different kinds of prayer, and it's related to the different kinds of relationships that that we have. Uh, Just imagine with me that you have a business associate, and you have a friend, and then you have a spouse, or maybe a best friend. With that business associate, I imagine, though, that your relationship, that your interactions with him would be pretty short. It would mostly be based on requests, asking and receiving, task management, would you please do this for for me, probably very little chit-chat, not many pleasantries, getting things done with a business associate, at least that's the way I tend to be sometimes, well, with my business associates, I have to be careful, Uh, but it can be like that. If you have a a friend, uh, hopefully you go to a deeper level and uh, you confess some of your vulnerabilities, some of your challenges, some of the things that you're struggling with. You express gratitude well with a friend. But in that third relationship, if you have a best friend, or maybe you think about your mom, or you are married, hopefully at times with that best friend or with that spouse, you're... Conversations turn into moments of adoration, where you remark at the beauty of this person and the joy that you have in relating to that person, and you go at times to moments of praise and thanksgiving and even adoration for that person that you're in relationship with. Again, I want to suggest that our relationship with God can be more like that third relationship that I just noted. And it's going to be dependent on what we think about God. What is our portrait of God? And to help us move toward that third kind of adoration type relationship where we just delight to be in God's presence and we see how great He is and so we want to relate to Him more and more in prayer— It'll help us to look at this passage from Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. Susie, would you mind reading this for us? Sure, I'd be happy to.
1: For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen
0: amen what a great passage isn't it Susie? if that was consistently your portrait of god in prayer would that not change the way you pray Mm -hmm. if that was consistently my portrait of god When I came to God in prayer, when I came to God in worship, I'm convinced that my prayer life would be so much richer than it currently is. I'm convinced that my prayers, which sometimes are a little bit tentative before God, would start to become more courageous. I'm convinced that um, if this was my portrait of God on a consistent basis, I wouldn't really have any boredom boredom in prayer. I, I would want to pray, I would want to relate to God in prayer. Let's just unpack this passage for just a moment. And as we unpack this passage, would you consider this basic big idea for the Apostle Paul's prayer here in Ephesians 3? He's in essence saying, God's power plus God's love equals my confidence in prayer. If we have a strong view of God's power, if we have a strong view of God's personal love for us, not for 7 billion people around the world but for us personally that leads to a greater degree of confidence to approach the throne room of God in heaven to have confidence before him in prayer just listen to the way the apostle paul unpacks this as he's praying for his church he begins by saying this for this reason i kneel he falls to his knees and he kneels before his father in heaven and who is he kneeling praying for he's praying for his church he's begging his father in heaven for his church that they would be filled with power in the holy spirit that they would be strengthened by the power of the holy spirit deep in their inner being not that they would have an external strength by the ways of the world but an internal strength of courage and of character and of self-control that's what he's begging for his church I frequently fall on my knees as I pray for our church, asking that God would grow us spiritually, that we would become a deeper people of God, that we would do the hard things of God, that we would love our enemies, that we would sacrifice some of what we would want for what God wants in this world for moving forward his kingdom. I I fall on my knees begging that of our church, or for our church, before God who was able to do it. That's what Paul is doing here. He's my example in this. And he prays, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love, that the love of God would be dug down so deep in you, that you would be enveloped so much in the love of God, that you would begin to know this love, Paul says, which surpasses all knowledge, it's kind of this mysterious, almost contradictory statement that Paul says, I pray that you would know that which surpasses all knowledge. <laughs> this great mystery of the love of God. And uh, his, his prayer here is that you would know the height and the depth and the width and the length of this 360 degree love of God that goes before you and behind you and above you and catches you when you fall that you'd be filled up to all the fullness of God, overflowing, brimming forward with confidence. And the result of it all is that you would have a strength, a power in you because Christ dwells within you. And Paul concludes this prayer by saying, now unto him who is able to do far more than we could ever dream according to his power at work in us really kind of remarkable. He says that God's power is at work in us, and he's able to do far more than we could even dream. It's a beautiful prayer, and again, in essence, what Paul is saying is that God's power plus God's love will result in my confidence in prayer, in your confidence in prayer. Susie, would you share with us just a little bit about the effect this prayer in Ephesians 3 has on you. I I think about all that you hold, all the different balls that you juggle in the air. You're an educator at UNK. You are a mother to two wonderful and highly energetic boys. You are a wife to a sometimes difficult husband. You uh, have all of a sudden in the last two months also become a homeschool parent like so many of us that are watching right now, you didn't expect that. How does this passage speak to you and help you as you try to juggle all these balls as a mother?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, um, more often than I want to admit, my attitude is not the best. <laughs> I, um, I fail and I often come across maybe with a short fuse towards family members and I might raise my voice towards the boys or um, just have a terse answer sometimes and so if I just stop and kind of take a minute to hit the reset button and um, I was journaling the other day and just thinking about God's love and from this prayer from this passage and I was thinking about his love and how wide it is when I mess up and that he draws me back in. And when I think about how long and patient his love is, um, and when I think about how deep his love is, that when I'm down in the dumps and in the pit, he comes down and he pulls me back up and puts me back on his solid rock. And how high his love is that he would prepare a place for me when I am not deserving of, of all his love and all that he has in store for me. And when I think about that love um, and that I want to do everything in love, then I can um, receive that love and that power that he's given to us through the Spirit. And he's able to um, let that fullness of love overflow to um, those around me. And yeah. so... I'm just thankful for um, that fullness and that um, vast measure of love that he pours out on us. Mm.
0: So you don't have to gin it up. You lean into him, and then he gives you a capacity to love your boys in a different way during long days.
1: Yep, and I I have to often just pray, Lord, have mercy, (laughs) so that he will give me that love. And I fail time and time, but he loves me enough not to leave me there. How about you? Why why is this prayer um, so good for you, and why do you love it so much?
0: I think, again, the prayers in Scripture teach us something really profound about God. When you read the prayers that make it into Scripture, you can be pretty confident praying those prayers yourself. And this one is talking about a love that comes from the Father that is not based on some idea that I'm really special but just based on the reality that God is special. And therefore, it's unconditional. It's not based on the things that I do. It's based on who he is. And this is a prayer that speaks to the fact that God loves me when I succeed as a dad. And he loves me when I fail as a dad. And he loves me when I give a good sermon. And he loves me when I give a dud. Um... He loves me when I have a lot of faith, and he also loves me when I'm struggling with some doubts. And it speaks about the power of God, that when I'm feeling really confident, that when I'm feeling secure, I can come back to a passage like this and realize that it's not about me. As Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So Adrian, you better come back to God and rely on him more and more. Don't rest in your own confidence or your own security. Rest in confidence that comes from being a child of God, as we sang about earlier. Uh, Apart from me, I can do nothing. And then when I'm weak, well, God's power is made perfected where? In our weakness, in our weakness. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So I think a prayer like this in the scripture just kind of unpacks these different layers for us to prayer, that prayer no longer becomes this series of requests that I am obligated to do before God, or, you know, I have to pray before meals, I have to pray before bed. No, it's a love relationship. It's a connection with my God and Father, and I have a microphone that happens to reach up to heaven, and as it reaches up to heaven, I can relate to God in a very, very deep way, and um, the more I do that, the more I want to pray on behalf of people that are hurting, but also not just pray on their behalf, not just ask in prayer, but also to enjoy, to adore, to long to be with him, to enjoy his presence. Um, I've been reflecting on this a lot recently. Uh, We've shared this before with the church, so I'll just go ahead and share it again. Um, Marriage is tough, right? (laughs) News flash, everyone. And our marriage has not always been perfect. It's not always been easy right now, we're in a really great place, and that's a joy. It's a gift. And when I get to sit with you, and I know that we are in sync, and the measure of our love for each other is very, very deep, uh, there's something transformative about that. It just, it changes me. Love changes. And even more, I mean, the Bible says that the marriage relationship between a man and a woman is analogous to a relationship between God and us. And even more than the depth of relationship uh, that we would have uh, between husband and wife, the Bible says even more is our relationship with God. And I am totally convinced that to sit in the presence of divine love is the most transformative experience in the world. And this passage speaks to that. The opportunity that God brings to us, that he gives to us, that we could sit in the presence of his divine love and then be changed because of his unconditional acceptance of us. Wouldn't it be awesome, Susie, if we as a church memorized these two verses, like meditated over this next week on Ephesians three seventeen to 19, Took five minutes every single day this week and meditated on these two verses and perhaps even memorized them. I pray that you, by name, Andrea and Adam and Matt and Elijah and Silas, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. That you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you, Adam and Andrea and Elijah and Matt and Silas and all the rest, Jennifer and Rachel, and you, you just insert your name into it. That you by name may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Would that not empower our prayer lives if we got that into our hearts and then or into our minds and then down into our hearts? It would totally empower our prayer lives. Again, this changes the way we think about God. Okay, I'm not supposed to be preaching here. We're supposed to be having a conversation, so um, let let me ask you a question. Uh, I've been talking enough. Uh, You you have an incredible mother. Um, She is an incredible praying woman. You and I are so blessed. We have amazing mothers. Would you just share for a moment about your mom and the kind of Uh, woman of prayer she was for you and how that helped you across your life to this point
1: Mm -hmm. yeah my mom uh, she's known for a a lot of things and um, people who even if they met her for a short time they'd figure out that she's just so selfless in service and she's such an encourager Um, but one thing that really stands out like you said is that she is just a prayer warrior and um and she it's not that she knows specific prayers to pray but it's that she she just prays often and she communes with God and it's out of um, just that that communion with God that she um, uh, is able to pray from the power of the spirit within her and um, so often as a child I I was a worrywart and I probably still am today. (laughs) But for whatever reason, I was an anxious child, and there were so many times that my mom would pray over me, and I would just feel a weight lifted. And I could think of a time um, when I was in high school, and I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I was studying for a biology test, and I was so worried about the test, and I was just fretting about it. And I said, Mom, what if I can't do this? And and then I got on the worry train, and I said, "What if I can't do life? What if I can't get a job? What if I can't take care of a family? What if I can't do all these things that you do?" And she looked at me lovingly, and she said, "Susie, you can't." And that wasn't exactly the pep talk I really wanted right then. (laughs) Yeah, but then she went on to say, "You can't, but God can." And she said, don't focus on your inadequacies. She said, focus on God's sufficiency. And she said, I am not perfect in any way, but that's how I keep going. I just rely on his strength and his power. And she reminded me of that over and over. And she would often just take my hands and pray over me those truths. She would say, in our weakness, you are strong, because God is strong. We are strong. And she would say, uh, um, his grace is sufficient for you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And she'd remind me of those truths as she prayed over me. And um, and then I just felt the heaviness lifted off me. And so I went to bed. I was able to sleep. I took that test. And and I, have, I can't even remember how that test turned out. But it turned out it wasn't life or death like I thought it was going to be. But that's just how she helped us get through life, by relying on God and exemplifying how she relied on God. And, um, and even to this day, now that we're adults and all moved away to different places, she still, she'll be praying and she'll say, God, she'll call us up and say from thousands of miles away, God just wanted me to pray for you. So, and that usually was when we needed extra prayer. And so she would pray over us, pray for us over the phone and then write notes to us and write the verse that she'd been praying over us. And that's just the kind of mom she she is.
0: I know she's prayed me through some hard times. I've got those notes from her, and I treasure those. You know. well, what about this idea? You and I were talking earlier this week about spiritual mothers. We talk on Mother's Day, of course, about the mothers in our nuclear family, as well we should, but... What about this beautiful idea of spiritual mothers that we see in the scripture? Can you speak to that just a little bit?
1: Yeah. Well, I think about, um, we like we said, we've both been blessed with wonderful mothers, but um, leaving Colorado, where we had your parents to be there to support us and help us so much with the boys when they were little, and then we came here and we didn't know anybody. Um, we were welcomed warmly by the church, but we didn't know anybody. Truly, and, um, and God was just so gracious um, that at the beginning, I read that there was a Monday morning prayer group, and so I came to that with Silas in tow. He was just a little over four years old, and we'd walk into that small room with these women, and they would give Silas these big grandmother squeezes and hand him little treats, and <laughs> and then... And then we just gather, and it was such a great way to start off Monday mornings. And they truly are like the backbone of this church because they come together every week and they pray over all the ministries that happen, everything that happens in the week inside the church and outside the ministry that's happening. And then they'd pray specifically for the needs of the people in the congregation. And then they'd pray over each other, and they prayed for our family. And that just meant so much. And just seeing them trusting God and putting everything before God in prayer. And I think specifically of one of these wonderful women um, who she told me just at the same time that we moved here, her daughter moved away. And she said, you know, I'm really missing my daughter, and I need a daughter she said, if if you need a mama, you just give me a call. And so um I would take her up on that and I'd call her up and and she just fulfilled that in spades. She just met that need so much. And just having spiritual mothers who guide us along mm-hmm. and who have lived these stages before us and know and show how to trust God through each of life's stages. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I think about that verse and in Psalms, that says um, he will set the lonely in families. And, and that's what he does through the church. That's what he showed me through this church and spiritual mothers, that he'll set us together with family. And we can be that to another person and other people can be that to us as we extend God's love in that way. Yeah,
0: that's good. That is the church, Mm -hmm. not just lip service, but actually that we would operate as family, that we would sacrifice for each other, that we would love each other like that. Mm -hmm. Great testimony of those women being the backbone of the church through prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Suze, for for moms, for ladies in general today before you pray? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I just, I do think of today, Mother's Day, and it's a celebratory day to just um, take the time to show our appreciation to our mothers. And um, today is a different kind of Mother's Day because a lot of us cannot actually physically be with our mothers and be able to show them that love um, directly. But um, on top of that, it can be a difficult day. Um, And it's um, it can be difficult for different reasons. Sometimes it's because our relationship with our children, um, maybe grown children, it might be difficult because the love is not reciprocated, or maybe um, women have empty arms because they long to have children and they haven't been able to, or they have empty arms because they lost a child. Or just thinking about your mother that might have you might have lost, or um, just different things like that that can make this, this day difficult. And so I, I want to also pray for those women as well as thankfulness for our mothers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks. Thank you for joining me for this time. Is you want to pray okay? today? Yeah. Yeah, Why don't you wrap us up? Okay. Thanks.
1: Heavenly Father, you are so compassionate and gracious. You are slow to anger and abounding in love. And Father God, I just pray right now for all these women, these mothers. And Lord, I pray for for women before they think of their role, Lord, they would just think of themselves as daughter of the king, that they are your child and that you want to lavish your love on them and strengthen them in their inner being with your love. I pray that they could grasp how wide and how long And how high and how deep is your love for them. And I pray that it would just fill them to the fullness that they need. And that out of that love, it would carry over to others. And that that would glorify you forever and ever. Amen.